Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our good news segment. I want to introduce you to someone who seems like he and I must have gone down the same long and windy road. Now, why do I say that? Well, let me tell you first about his new book. His new book is the, is the kind of book you pick up and you read when you think you have given up on who you are, who you want to become, what your true self is. And what if you lose everything, the mirror, the window, the wall. And when you think about those questions, and you think about the mirror, the window, and the wall, you probably will have a message you're telling yourself right now. But what if that message was just your mind trying to play tricks on you? Kenny, G, down is joining me here today, the author of this incredible book. And one of the questions that you, you must be asking sometimes is, how do you describe yourself? And what I love about the way he describes himself is so cool. Because for many of us, when we became this, when we became eager to understand our spiritual path, our lives changed. Kenny, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Pat. Thank you. I really uh, love the work that you're doing in the field of human potential, and I'm really happy to, to join you. You're right. We have a lot in common, you and I. And that's really what I want to talk about. I mean, I want to start out with the question that I think you ask or the question that is being asked. And we don't think sometimes as we wander through life, that some of the worst things that happened to us could be our greatest gifts. And, you know, as I, I started to go through the book and I started to just read about what were some of the game-changing moments for you, they had to do with not just the other books that you wrote, but how you discovered your path through your curiosity and your speaking and your seeking of all that is spiritual. Is that a correct statement? You've got that exactly right. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's been my experience. And, and you're right about the Sometimes, you know, in, in my case, in the case of many, many others that I've had a chance to work with and get to know through the years, is the, what sometimes is seemingly the worst day of our lives where everything is gone and we're stripped of everything, we're just totally stripped naked and raw, then that is when we tend to find the spiritual path. And yeah. 
and begin to have some willingness to at least turn in that direction, a direction that a lot of us were blocked from for many years or for various reasons. And, you know, let's talk about that for a minute. You know, when I looked at the title of the book, The Mirror, The Window and the Wall, I had my own version of it before I even looked at the book about what that could mean. And even if I just used them as a metaphor or took that literally, you know, what is it about each of those that actually is a portal, a gateway, you know, uh, something we go through or something we go through with to help us with finding our true self? Let me ask you this question. What is the consequence of not finding your true self? Now, I know you know that. <laughs> well, that's the consequence for me was, was, was drastic. And it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. As, as you probably know from, from some of my other books, that um, I was at one time was, was homeless. I was a heroin addict. I, um, you know, had lost everything worthwhile in life. In life. Yeah. And so that was what that brought me to. But for some people, and, and even for me, many years into recovery and being on a spiritual path and being an author, I found that I was still, in many cases, living my life based on what I thought about myself, the mirror, which is sometimes not the truth nor near the truth. Unless you do a lot of spiritual work, what you see is this vision coming back, that we're damaged goods, that, that we're not up to par because of all of society's pressures and advertisements, that we're not good looking enough, we don't have the right clothes, we're not successful enough. And then this, this presentation that I put out to the world of this is who I am, this false presentation, this stage character that we play and I think that's a huge price when we're out in the world playing a stage character based on these misconcepts of ourselves what we think other people think about us in our this incredibly exhausting effort at trying to control that what, what do other people think of me that's the window that we hold up so you only get to see a little bit of what I'm going to show you and then the wall which is this and we build up walls between us and our family and yeah. our friends, those people that can help us, people that we consider enemies. And also we we portray ourselves in the world in a in a way where we're one person at work and we're somebody else when we're with the spiritual group and we're somebody else when we're with our family and we're when we meet a stranger on the street we're somebody else or we're somebody when we're sitting in the bar that's way different than who we actually are. Those kinds of things, and if you add all that up, it's a huge price. You're actually living your life based on the expectations of society and what other people think, and not what's in your heart to to become. Yeah, and I want to touch upon a couple things you've just mentioned. One of them is the journey of recovery. And I've not only have we talked about this a lot on our show, but it is such an important conversation right now. You know, one of the new channels we're going to launch is all about this. 
But clearly on that pathway, that is a pathway that is a spiritual pathway. And believe it or not, many people that are not, quote, in recovery or know of people in recovery don't understand that the greatest gift in recovery and recovery programs is the fact that they are spiritually based. And this is such a game changer if people were to find this idea of representation of what that means for themselves, right? Yeah, that, that's right, Dr. Pat. When, when, uh, when you look at this from this, the, you know, from a, this, this broad perspective of recovery, what we see is that, um, you know, and this has become my, my belief, and, and that is that I believe that there are people that for whatever reason are born with this innate need to find the spiritual way of life or else. And, and these people are born that way, and I'm sure there's good arguments both ways. That some people are born that way, and some people are that way because the the way that they grew up, they, this innate need to live the spiritual way of life, or else, and the or else is that we begin to search out, like I did and many others, for proxies to the spiritual life. I mean, that's why they call alcohol spirits. Yeah. Because, you know, we get a, get a spiritual experience, the effect of alcohol on these people, like me, is like a spiritual experience. I can, I can get rid of the mirror, the window in the wall, and I, I feel good about myself, and I feel good about the way other people think about me, but it's just a proxy, and so, and it goes for all of these self-harming behaviors, I call them, the self-harming behaviors that are overeating, and drinking, and doing drugs, and gambling, and sex, and uh, even trying to control other people's lives that have some of those kind of problems, it's still self-harming in the way that you're giving up your life trying to control somebody else rather than look at what you really want to be doing with your life so uh, yeah so that's 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 where I've come to and so these, these programs exist where we find these spiritual communities for people in recovery there's a reason that they're based in the spirit because in the end for many of us, it's the only thing that works. It's the only answer is to find that thing that we've been searching for through all of these other uh, means, through these proxies, as I call them, to, uh, to try to get to the real thing. And thank God, I'm so grateful that 32 years, plus more than 32 years ago, I found the real thing. Yeah. And I've, I've never looked back, and I've shared this message continuously with people ever yeah. And, you know, this is really part of the conversation. I, you know, the one of the things I love about the book and I love about your message and what you're bringing forward is you're bringing forward questions and then uh, exploration of what people want to truly know. You know, these questions of who am I? What is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? Then when I find it, what do I do with it? You know, these are questions that when you're down and out, you don't think are possible. But if you are in, and boy, if you understand the principles 
of, and I'm going to use the word recovery loosely because it, it really covers multiple aspects of addiction. And it doesn't matter if you're addicted to your cell phone. It doesn't matter social media, alcohol, drugs, NAOA, AA, whatever that means to you, whatever that word means to people, the door gets opened when we get to choose the God of our understanding. When we get to see how that could reflect the true nature of who we really are, not the guilt, right? Not the shame, right? Not the despise we have for ourselves, which is one of the reasons, right? That we edge out on the cliff of our own demise, right? And so what you're writing about is, wait a minute, let's come home. See, you and I really could have been brothers by another mother. Is that the expression? <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that the right expression? Brother and sister, right? Because our journeys are so similar, you know, homelessness, bankrupt, you know, whatever you want to call it. But gosh, what the heck are we up to now? So let me ask you, you know what I'm trying to say? I, this is I not do. just about asking you about the motivation of why did you write this. This is me asking you, Kenny, about the movement that you want to create. Because you know we are living in a time where people got to get this message, right? Tell me about the movement you want to see happen here with this. Well, the movement that I want to see happen is... You know, I wrote this book, A Mirror, the Window, and the Wall, and, and, and that's my most recent book. I also wrote another book called Darko, The Sacred Heart of One Johanny Darko, which is about a... Yes. Uh, which is... That, that book is doing really well. We can talk about that. As, I've read all your books. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I'm so happy to have but But in Darko, that really spells out this message that you're asking for. And what this is, this is a story. All of my books are... Um, are fictional books and they're designed to entertain you and it's the difference I think in my books and other books on the, some of the same subjects is that this is much less intellectual or experiential in that you get to read a book and it's a, they're fantastic stories that they're page turners you know everybody that I that you know all of my readers say God I couldn't put this book down they, they're page turners, so you're being entertained. But while you're being entertained, you're being subtly taught, and sometimes not so subtly. Like this, this most recent book is a pretty powerful spiritual punch uh, in the gut. But it, you know, you're, you're reading it, you're being entertained, and at the same time, you're you're having a spiritual experience. It's yeah. This book, you're having these realizations about yourself, and so that's the the type of writing. And in Darko, the 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 vision of what I want to create. It's a story of a, of a modern-day Joan of Arc born here in the United States that instead of fighting the English, she fights the social justice movements of the day and the environmental justice movements of the day. And the message in that is that it's not We'd like to welcome you to... Yeah, I mean, can you just tell me this question? Because this is something that baffles me. Yes. You and I, uh, we're, I think we're about the same time. Uh, I think, what did you say, 32? 32 years. Was that 1990 or 1989? 
89. Yeah. See, something was going on back then. <laughs> something was going on back then, right? I mean, it was. I, 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 so other than Sinead O'Connor just like making everybody cry, right? With nothing compares to you in 1990, right? There was something going on, there was an energy. Right As we moved into 1990, there was this energy that caused a lot of people, and it's in all your books, it's in your message, Kenny, right? There was something happening that says, this is the time for me to make a change. Yes, that that was, you know, for me, it was this being placed in in this position of having no friendly direction to turn. The only direction that was in the least bit friendly. I couldn't continue as I was doing. I I was there's a saying that says that I was living in a body that wouldn't die with a mind that wouldn't work, and that perfectly describes where I was at in in nineteen in the summer of nineteen eighty nine. And mm. the only friendly yeah. direction was to say, God, you know, please help me, this God. Yeah of my own understanding and that is such a huge piece what a gift that idea that concept has been to the world that we don't have to subscribe to this childhood god that we that we were taught or a punishing god but we can have a god of our own understanding which can be the creator of the universe it can be just love it can be compassion or empathy it can uh, be this group of other people that we care about, and we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. listen to what other people say. It can be so many things. It can be just the combination of the. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about that, the brother and the sister that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, if we're we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, we are. Seven billion, seven billion plus people on this planet, all connected. And if there's an energy that connects all of seven billion people, mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing. Yeah. I love what you say in the book. I mean, there's a lot of things you say in a book, but do you mind if I just read a bit? Do you mind if I just no, read something from too. your book? Um, hey. it, it, just just kind of for fun, because I like to do it. Um, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. I love this. Just right out of the gate. And I think it's even in the introduction. I scribbled some notes, so I apologize in advance if I don't get this exactly right where it is. Right out of the gate, it's this, this, this proposition, if I might, that you make. The most important question that you could ask is whether or not you are born with an innate need to find spiritual way of life. Oh, I love that. Because it makes you think, right? It makes you think. It makes you yeah. go back to say, oh, wait a minute. I was a young baby, and I was acting like everything was possible in the world. I wasn't overcome with limitation, Right. And see, that's a sign of spirituality when you're in the world of infinite possibilities, isn't it? But then you go on to say, (laughs) I love the way you do this. Well, how do you tell? Uh, Well, okay. At times you're going to feel beaten. You're going to feel crushed under the pressure. And then you go on to say something like, this may be a good sign. See, isn't that the coolest message that we could help people with right there? Because... We just have been beaten up here in the past two years. I mean, and for me, because I've been beaten up earlier in my life, these past two years were not so much a beating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a, that, 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 that's such a simple way to put it. And this book is, is 
you know, it's a very short book. You can read this book in one sitting, and but it will change your life. And and it starts out just that way. Just you know, am I one of these people that has this innate need to have a spiritual way of life? Well, yeah. If you want to know how to answer that question, look at your life. How's your life going? Is there is there things that you're you're you want that you're not getting? Are you uh, are you you know, many of us are giving up the things that we want in our lives in order to do the things that we don't want to do because we think that that's what's uh, going to make other people happy or other people like us. And that's going to what's going to be like, I have to be a success, so I'm going to do all these things that I don't. Oh, my God. At the expense of what's really in our heart's desire. Oh, my God. Our heart's desire was to become an author. And I'm, so I, I know about this. I spent years in, in corporate America running businesses and trying to be a driven businessman. And, and what I really wanted was to be an author. And I was not happy. You know, I achieved a lot of material success. And in the end, when I got that, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. It was not nearly as satisfying as I thought it would be because I was still doing these things I didn't want to do at the expense of what I wanted to do, which was to write books. Yeah. You know, I know these are short interviews. First of all, I want to thank you. The second thing I also want to say is, let's tell people how they can get a copy of your book. And I just want to be really clear about something. The fact that this book is, I I don't remember your reference exactly, Kenny, but I think you called it, it's easy to read. I'll tell you what it is. It may be short, it may be easy to read, but I encourage people to stop and hang on every sentence because honestly, I just shared two sentences, right? And this is what is so important about the way you write and the way your message is, because I think there's one thing you learn in recovery, how to cut to the chase. You don't have a lot of time between the moment you feel like you want to take that next drink or that next eight ball. You don't have the time, right? You have to know, where do I go? Where do I go? Do I go to the prayer of St. Francis? Do I go to something I've learned in my own tradition? But you learn where to go. What's your personal message, Kenny? And again, tell people how we can get copies of the book. Yeah, well, my personal message is, you know, get a copy of this book. And, and, and I hope to hear from you. The, you can find this book. You can do a search, The Mirror, The Window, and The Wall. You can go to my website, which is newthoughtlife.org. Mm, newthoughtlife.org. Yeah. And you'll find all my books and a lot yeah. of books of poetry and all kinds of things on there. And the book is available on any of Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Ingram Spark. Mm-hmm. Any place that sells books online, you can find the book. Yeah, and you're available for people to to really reach out and work with you and connect with you, too. Absolutely. So I want to make sure folks know about that. Yeah, yeah. Easy to find. You can go to my website and you can directly email me from the website. And again, that's newthoughtlife.org. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from your listeners. I love it. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you for being such an advocate. And thank you for, you know, keep bringing these messages forward. Because while you may be a spiritual seeker, what I love is how I learned the street smart spirituality way of life. I can't help it. I'm from New York. Thank you so much for all that you do. Okay.
Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. Keep you bet. Up. You're doing great work. You're doing great things. Another book for you all out there. And please, if you know somebody that can benefit from this book, this is what we say. We need to pay this forward. Thank you all. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Not just talk. Conversation for profound self-awareness. Stick with us. Your best life awaits on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. I am so thrilled about this segment. Let me just tell you about this. Magic, mystery, and secrets entwined in coming-of-age adventure. Now, you've heard me talk a little bit about my family. You heard me talk about the greatest secret of all kept in my family was hiding the fact that my grandfather was actually born in Brazil. So how does that even happen? But what what is, am I different than all of you? What if your family, too, was entrusted with keeping of deep and powerful secrets? Now, my grandfather being born in Brazil, I don't know how deep and powerful that is, but uh, Carolina Ugats Moran is joining me here today as the author of a fabulous book that explores secrets in ways that can hold you back or that can be a powerful, powerful opening for a great life. Carolina, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me here. Very happy to be here. So I come from a family of secrets. I mean, I just shared like one of them. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, how do you, the only reason that any of us found out is because the internet, right? Once the internet came, all your relatives from across the world start to send you emails in Portuguese, right? But this book explores the secrets of the times we're living in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. Absolutely does. Mm. What is it about you and telling the story and about the characters in this book, in this adventure, right? It's your first book, but it is a powerful one. What is it about this that just hits you smack in the heart to represent where we are today? I think it's... Um when we view, in my opinion, um, the, the issues that we're having today in the eyes of a kid, in the eyes of a 12-year-old, and get simple answers from a 12-year-old that us adults should have figured out, I think that's very impactful, um, how kids can figure things out before we can. And, and understanding and applying this um, across the board will be... Um, important for us as a society to grow, at least in my opinion, but what I'm talking about is mm-hmm. diverse solution being one of them. Um, in the book, what I try to, and how I try to reflect this is if there are different clans and tribes that have different powers and they are pure on their powers, they only want to stay within one group, they don't want to mix, they realize that that weakens them as a group and as a society and as a clan, as a tribe. And it is by bringing the kids in who are more willing to try new things and break a little bit the mold and accepting each other and truly listening to each other, not just mm-hmm. hearing words, but listening. Then they realize that when they mix and they accept each other and the beauty that the difference that they bring in actually enhance their powers. That, for me, reflects of where we are today, but it's done with magic. 
instead of hmm. different races and you know languages and you know where <laughs> we come from differences of opinion but it is it is very much reflected like that and i think that's uh important for kids to hear yeah I, I love i love the book and congratulations on your awards for the many many things you do but also you know for bringing out uh, characters that are relatable. And what I love about what you're doing, you sound like me, like we're two of the most unlikely people probably be talking about this here today, right? Especially with your, you know, your professional background, you know, where you are. Uh, but you see something just like I do. You see something in the world today that has to be addressed. You know, you see mm -hmm. something that tells this story. I mean, I was really struck by it because I could see this in movie form. You know what I'm saying? I could see this in yeah. movie form because this is a message we have to get to people today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, and I, I'm a mother. I have two, two daughters and I feel a responsibility for my daughters to see how impactful decisions mm. are. Um, decision making is a big deal in the book as well. How impactful our decisions are today and, and what can you do to society, mm -hmm. not just yourself, um, in making those decisions. So it, it was for me a responsibility or I felt the responsibility to talk about this, um, but still keep it thrilling and keep it exciting, which is also a decision, a decision is what's your disposition? We're going to have to make hard decisions. We're going to be, um, in situations that are tough. And we're going to have to problem solve. But we get to choose. Do we do it with a great disposition? We're happy and excited and thrilled. Or do we do it upset and mad and angry? And so that's a decision in its own. And I, and I wanted to do that for my daughters and, and keep it, keep it exciting. And that spark, they're my best critics and they're my best editors too. Um, they tell me how it is. They have no problem when something doesn't work out and letting me know. But they, that works. It's my gauge of, am I keeping this still, this book and the story and the message clear, but yet, you know, exciting for both adults and kids? Mm -hmm. Will they get thrilled and inspired by it? And that's where I wanted to do. And I felt a responsibility to do both. Keep it light. Keep it fun. There's so many things going on right now that it's just hard to hear. But yet, let's make good decisions and let's, you know, accept each other mm -hmm. while we're still having fun. Let's talk about the main character for a minute. Um, and but before we do that, I want to make sure everybody knows, one, how can they get a copy of the book? How can they follow the journey along with you? What is the best way to do that? Social media, websites, please give them all. Absolutely. So I, you can find my, a lot of information in my website, which is www.adventuresofaline.com. Aline, it's spelled A-L-I-N-E. You can buy my book in Amazon. They are also in multiple bookstores. You can go to Target and Walmart online and you can buy them online as well. Right now I have one book out, which is Aline and the Blue Bottle. The next book will be out sometime in, I'm shooting for February of next year, but that's but I'm hoping that will happen. And you can visit my social media. It's all under my name, carolina.ugas hyphen Moran mm -hmm. um, or carolina.ugas hyphen Moran. Um, my, my last name is spelled U G A Z hyphen M O R A N. A bit of a complicated one, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and I want to make sure everybody gets that Carolina Ugas Moran and U G A Z hyphen. I want everybody to know that Moran, M O R A N. 
look, let's dig a little bit deeper. Um, there's so many things I loved about this. Uh, first of all, I love the diversity that you bring forward in the book. I love the fact that you bring forward a powerful young woman in the book, mm-hmm. but not without many other characters that come along. I want to ask you, what part of your life, your journey, you, Carolina, you, what part of you came forward in this book? I, I believe, and I could be wrong, I'm not going to speak for every author, but I will <laughs> definitely myself, but that, that I sprinkled my life and myself, it's sprinkled throughout the book. I think it's, it's from my end, I write based on my experience or based on the discussions and experiences that others share with me, which is views through my eyes. So it's all over the place. I grew up in multiple different countries. I moved a lot. And that diversity and inclusion that I experienced as a little girl, um, it's there as well as I tried as much to portray the beauty and the rich uh, foundation of knowledge that there is in language and different cultures. So I included Quechua. When I lived in Peru, I was exposed to the Inca, you know, mythology and Inca culture. And I wanted to include Quechua, I thought it was a magical language to use all the spells and a lot of the characters' names are either Quechua or based on a Quechua word. Um, And in the back of the book, I translate Quechua to Spanish and to English because I do believe that um, there is richness in culture, in language. Um, And I wanted to share, for many reasons, one of them is that as an adult, I found out that um, about 8 to 10 million people speak Quechua but only about 3,000 can read and write it. So if I can add my little grain of sand to help um, keep it alive and and learn myself, it was an education for me. That's one of the reasons why I also wanted to include Quechua. Another area that is a little bit of me is in Aline. Um, Not just me, it's um, my mother, my grandmother, my daughters, my aunts, and any fantastic and amazing woman that I ever met. I kind of wa- grabbed everything that I could and bottle it up within Aline. Um, but you're right, I also chose her to be a female for many reasons. Um, and, and the reasons is I thought that girls need to have female protagonists who are the age and are role models and can make anything mm-hmm. happen. And they can have great adventures, they can attain what they set their minds to, but their goal is not to marry Prince Charming, it's really to feel complete, happy, successful, that they're realizing their own achievements and fulfilling their lives, whether they're going to marry Prince Charming or not. Yeah. So that's another part of what's important. Yeah, what you're talking about is so important in the day and age we live in. And, you know, I love that you are sharing that, you know, that background with us because you're right. I mean, the cultures of Peru or Argentina or Spain, Venezuela, Brazil, you know, the cultures, the ancient wisdom that comes forward, um, it is just magnificent. And the way you bring it forward, and thank you so much for including the language. Thank you so much for doing that because you're absolutely right. You know, this may gain spark in some young people and some older people that find out more, that want to keep a powerful, powerful ancestry alive and their own ancestry alive. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this question. I mean, 
I probably could answer it myself, but I want to ask you, what do you think the greatest challenge is that Aline faces? What do you think that is? I mean, there were so many, in my opinion, but what, what, what is your takeaway for what catapulted her to a really powerful place of empowerment? I think the greatest, there, there may be, if I can boil it down to two or three yeah. challenges. <laughs> um, I think number one is, the first one is she wishes her life changes. She starts in the in the human world, exposed to regular human things, and and some of them are not great, and some of them are not so great. And she wishes for change, and she got it. And so the biggest the biggest um, sort of challenge that she has to face is how does she find the best of this new change, and how does she go through it? And the best of the change is finding finding magic. She finds magic. That's one of the biggest changes that she is exposed to. Um, I think the other one is how do you manage for Aline, in my opinion, is she is put in a situation where it is hard for an adult um, to, to kind of move forward. And for a kid, it's also extremely hard for her to do, which is finding out her path. This is where a lot of the secrets are. And she realizes there's a lot, a lot of secrets around. And how does she uh, kind of manage this and still move forward and keep it thrilling? I think that that's another challenge for her is, you know, figuring out how, how to make life manageable and surprises and secrets and get excited excitement out of that. Yeah. And boy, isn't that a message for our time right now? I mean, isn't that, I mean, I know you didn't write this yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the truisms in it and the power in this are relatable across the board, you know, given where we are and given where we have to go. I mean, one of the messages I know that's in here, and maybe you can talk to this too. I know this is a short interview, but there's a message in here that is part of, uh, I built an entire network on this, this particular mm-hmm. idea. And that is that in the truth, each of us has the power to unleash mm-hmm. unlimited potential. Yeah. Every one of us mm-hmm. does. And yet, unless we are reminded of that, right? Unless we are sort of supported in that, that we stop exploring that hidden, hidden power, right? But in the book, you help us through beliefs understand the power of those to free us and to help us grow uh, and mm-hmm. to remove the limitations that we might otherwise have. That must have been mm-hmm. an important idea for you, or maybe I'm just projecting. <laughs> no, it was. Um, it absolutely was. And, and, I, it is, and this is the reason why the series is called Adventures, right? It's truly an adventure that Aline goes through and her friends and the adults in the book that they have to go through. It's a journey of rediscovering or discovering for the first time the, the real power. Um, and sure, there's magic in there, but without giving too much of the book, right. um, there, are, there are powers beyond magic that that they have to figure out. And it's, it's, it's definitely the layers of that that I wanted to build in. Mm-hmm. Very subtle, so it wasn't going to be too too heavy. But yes, how, how can we not only discover it for ourselves, but how do we support each other? 
um, Aline, it's one of the things when you're asking about challenges, how does she support her friends too? There are secrets everywhere and they're discovering themselves and they're going through the magic, you know, the, the learnings of new magic that are fantastic at, at a 12 years and or, or younger years of, of figuring out what we can do with our powers. But it's a support system that they also have um, to make that impactful in the world that they're in, not just for themselves, not just for their tribes and their clans, but overall across across worlds, if I may. You know, one of the things I want to make a reference to our pop culture, if you don't mind me doing so, because you are tapping into it in your book. One of the most under, how should I say it, underestimated popularity, I do believe, uh, and Disney was the one that came out with this, was the popularity that people would begin to feel for the character Black Widow. Mm. And I, I couldn't help think about the evolution of her and the evolution of your main character and what the message is. You see, what made her relatable? It was empathy. It was compassion. It was humility. It may be in her dying off. But what happened with that is a rise to a level of respect and integrity and empowerment that literally took that character to a new place. And I see mm. these threads in your book, not just with your main character, but you see, mm -hmm. I see these values throughout your book. And you couldn't have known that that was going to happen in, in that movie series. But what you do yeah. know is you know what is in people's hearts. Mm -hmm. Aren't you cultivating these values that will get us past just just surviving? Aren't you cultivating mm -hmm. these characterizations and these values that will help people thrive in life? Yeah, it is my my hope and my wish. I I started the idea of Aline and her adventures in two thousand and three, mm. and really further them and, and further develop the books in two thousand due to a trip and, and it started with, with a dream just to give you a bit of background it started with a dream the, in 2003 that I absolutely loved and became a, it, the more I talked about it the more dreams I had and I saw these together but what made it different is when I went to a, a trip um, in 2015 for work and it was more than 30 days and we have a tradition with my daughters my husband and I to, to instead of read bedtime stories we make up bedtime stories but these bedtime stories were always powerful because what it ended up happening is that they talked, my, my daughters would talk about in the two to three minutes, those values as kids. They would talk about the importance of the day. If it was an animal that went through a struggle or, you know, whatever it happened in their little, you know, bedtime stories that they made up, the values were very deep in a very innocent way from a, from a, every age they were, five, seven, six, you know, as they grew up. So when I put together a 30 day bedtime story for them, I tried as much as I could, I could reflect what my daughters were doing, not what I was doing, what, I, what they were doing. They were teaching me how to install the simple things. And they don't think about my, they never thought about surviving. They really talked about those little things that made them happy. Sort of their happiness was a gauge system on their values. If it was good, 
they made them happy. So that's a great value to have and a great direction to move towards to. And it was that simple. And I try to apply that in the book with Aline of instead of thinking about surviving, thinking about what makes you happy and without a doubt, it will make other people happy if it comes really with great intent. And that's what I wanted to build in the book and the stories that I thought it would be important for kids and adults to feel um, through, a, through a great journey of making decisions and enhancing those values that will make them inevitably better. Mm. Yeah, Carolina, look, I love what you've done here. I can't wait for the second book. The other thing I'm acutely aware of is that your passion for science and animals and culture, right? I mean, you shared a bit of it during this interview, but it's really clear to me that it's not a mistake that that dream came to you. You know, we could talk about, we could talk about the, you know, Peruvian culture and what dreams mean, but you got a taste of it. You got to see the vision of this come forward. And now here you are in the reality of this and presenting something so powerful, so meant to help uh, people rise up, our young people especially rise up. Because it's not a mistake that that happened to you in 2003, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I dialed the wrong phone number in 2003. That's why I'm even talking to you now, right? Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> I want to thank you for this. And I have one last question. But before we do that, please tell people again, how do we get a copy of the book? And how do they follow you to wait for your next book? Absolutely. You can go to Amazon to get a, a copy of Aline and the Blue Bottle. You can also visit my website, which is www.adventuresofaline.com. You can contact me via my website. I'm always happy to answer any questions, especially how to pronounce some of the Quechua names that seems to be a popular <laughs> question. That I, yes. <laughs> and you can also get my, my book in on Target and uh, Walmart online. And in social media, just look for my name at carolina.ugas-moran, and you can find me in Facebook, Twitter, in Instagram, etc. Yeah. And I want to just tell everybody, when you go to the website, adventuresofaline.com, you have ways to not just buy the book, you can join the community. Uh, you could also watch YouTube, uh, take a look at the awards. Uh, that Carolina has already won. And uh, my view of this is that we have to create some kind of grassroots movement to get this into movie form. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, Carolina. What are you saying? I love it. <laughs> because it is, for me, it is the next version of what our young people are longing for, and especially in a female character that is surrounded by so many important lessons of the life we live in. Look, my last question for you. First of all, thank you for bringing this book forward. Thank you for breathing life into Aline. And thank your children for keeping you on track. Um, <laughs> what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? I, I think... That is a fantastic question. And if I have a message, I think it would be just to listen to each other. I think that we have so many important things to say, but truly, truly listen to each other. Um, so we can, so we can include each other's opinions and help each other out. 
especially during these times of what's going on today, I think a simple that's really hearing each other out can go a long way. I want to say this to everybody listening. Even though you may see this book as a book for children, this is not just a book for children. If you get this book for your kids, I encourage you to sit down. I encourage you to sit down and read it with them, to learn with them, to share something with them. Thank you so much, Carolina. Thank you for today. Oh, thank you so much, Pat. It was such a pleasure, and thank you for having me again. Again, everybody, this is more than our good news segment. We'll see you in a few minutes. expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hello, and welcome to Shades of Spirit Monthly Meditation. This meditation should not be done while operating a vehicle. Find a safe space where you can sit down and connect safely. Today we will connect you with one of your guardian angels. This meditation will coincide with our monthly topics. Allow yourself to be open and judgment-free for the next eight minutes while we are on this journey together. Take a second to quiet your mind, body, and spirit. Start taking some slow and steady deep breaths in through your nose and out to your mouth, allowing yourself to sink deeper and deeper into your space. Allow your eyelids to get heavier with each breath. Take a deep breath in for the count of five, four, three, two, one, and hold that breath for the count of five. And now release that breath for the count of five, four, three, two, one. And let's do that one more time. Take a nice deep breath in for the count of five, four, three, two, one. 
and hold that breath for the count of five, allowing it to expand through your chest cavity and release for the count of five, four, three, two, one. Picture yourself walking through an enchanted forest. You feel safe and you are looking for something. A heavy mist surrounds you as you become aware of your surroundings. You can hear the leaves beneath you as you take each step. You can hear wildlife in the distance as you continue walking. You can hear a waterfall nearby, but cannot see it just yet. The mist is thick on your skin, and you notice that this is not ordinary mist. It looks like tiny diamonds as it evaporates on your body. You also notice the smell surrounding you. It doesn't smell like a forest. You concentrate and realize it smells like a million rose bushes have bloomed all at once. It is the most beautiful scent that you have ever experienced. You look up and notice tiny beams of light begin to penetrate the mist. The light swirls as it heads straight down to illuminate your path. The mist begins to dissipate and it becomes a beautiful clear day all around you. You look directly in front of you and you see the most beautiful being you have ever seen. The two of you walk towards each other and embrace in a hug. This being introduces themselves to you as one of your guardian angels and tells you they have been waiting your whole life for this. Take a second to really look at your guardian angel. What do they look like? Male or female form? What are they wearing? What do they feel like? You reflect upon how familiar this feels and how it feels like you have known this guardian your entire life. It feels this way because you have. They have been with you since the beginning and always will be with you. They have just been waiting for you to remember them to connect. Feel this love, this unconditional love that they have for you that cannot be measured by time itself. They have been with you for many lifetimes and have guarded and protected your soul faithfully. Look your guardian in the eye. Think about the word guardian. What does it mean? Your guardian is literally a guard for you to protect you no matter what happens. Your guardian has fiercely defended you throughout time and made a vow to never leave your side. Take in this unimaginable bond that has been forged through time as the two of you have walked side by side. You have entrusted this angel with your soul and in return, your angel has accepted the responsibility and treats it with a sacred honor. Take a minute with your guardian. Be open to receive any messages they may have for you. Allow yourself to surrender your ego and be one with your guardian angel. As you prepare to part ways, thank your guardian for their patience, understanding, and guidance. Now I want you to turn around and head back to the sound of my voice. I want you to envision a staircase that is spiraling down to the space you're in. 
Take a slow and steady deep breath in, and on the exhale, start to descend down the spiral staircase, becoming more aware of the sounds you hear. Take another deep breath in, and on the exhale, you arrive at the bottom of the spiral staircase. Now you can feel yourself in your seat. You hear the sounds around you more clearly as you begin to wiggle your fingers and toes. Take a couple more deep breaths in, and on the exhales, start to open your eyes and become ever-present in your body and space.